Yeah, he, he has my permission to share. All right. So, Tom, I, I'm, I'm just curious. You've been telling me about this particular game that has had an influence on you. Just tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so I'm sorry if I, this is hard for me, but this May, uh, you know, people are really looking forward to this day. We, we, I say May. Uh, that's what we're all expecting it. Uh, it's going to be different in some countries and other parts of the world. Some people might already have got reached this milestone. Australia is always different. But uh, what I'm talking about, of course, is the release of the Mass Effect Trilogy Legendary Edition. So this is going to reawaken a lot of emotions that I had thought that I dealt with. Have you ever felt betrayed by a storyteller? I know what you mean. Go on. What happened? Well, there it was a sci-fi story, a very epic one that combines, you know, very human emotions and tales and side stories with epic Lovecraftian uh, cosmic horror. So you start as Commander Shepard, a uh, human soldier, and humanity has very recently entered the galactic scene. Lots to prove. And one of humanity's colony worlds is under attack because we found an ancient artifact made by an extinct race that contains great power and great knowledge. Hmm. And it was attacked and it was used before we could use it. Wait, 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 wait. So, so the planet where this artifact with great power mm -hmm. was attacked. It was attacked by the Geth. The Geth. Yes, a synthetic uh, machine race created about 300 years ago by this race called the Quarians. Very uh, on-the-nose name. They wear these airtight suits because they have very weak immune systems. And if they take mm. the suits off, they can easily get infected and die. It sounds strange to us. We have nothing really to compare that to. But we're all wondering, why are the Geth attacking this planet? Like, the Geth and humans have never even met because the Geth are perfectly content to stay in their corner of space, which was originally Quarian space. But the Quarians were stupid and tried to destroy the Geth once they started asking uh, weird questions, very unsettling questions like, am I alive? Do I have a soul? Whoa. Yeah. These are, the, these, are these robotic yeah. species, if you will. So, so we're, we're talking about an, an online video game that has a real intense story with one twist after another. And I love the name Shepherd. I mean, because mm. what's a shepherd, you know, if nothing but a person who leads something, sometimes sheep. Mm. So I'm just wondering, you know, is there, is there even a metaphor in there? How many people were playing this game? Oh, millions. It's a huge millions. franchise. And, uh, and the beauty of it, the beauty of it was that it wasn't online. It was a single player experience. So it was different for everyone. Your choices, oh. your choices really affected the, the outcome of the story. So you're playing this by yourself. It's not like a, an online community. You've gone and bought the game. When did, when did you actually first start playing this game? This was 2008. So in eighth grade, not a great social life. Uh, I was, you could very easily tell that I was on the spectrum. I made everyone's day a little bit more annoying. Mm. Uh, and I didn't quite decode 
social conventions yet. So I was, you know, very isolated. And so this was a great escape for me. And it is, you know, people will tut tut, but it is good for people to have at least fictional characters to identify with. Think about comfort TV. Think about people going through seasonal depression and during quarantine, you couldn't go outside to meet friends over a drink or coffee or what have you. So what did so many people do? They turned on The Office. They started watching Parks and Rec, these comfort shows with these lovable characters. Mm. And that's what Mass Effect was for me because these were very well-written and well-performed characters. Keith David, Martin Sheen eventually came in Mass Effect 2, but back to the story. The Geth were led by this specter. Think of like a, a, a almost Jedi-like status, only, <clears throat> only more like a cop, like a space cop but the best of the okay. best. And he uses this beacon, the Prothean beacon, and has the gift and knowledge bestowed upon him, learning about what happens. Because he and the Geth are looking for the Reapers, trying to bring them back, because they believe that they will not only be spared, but uplifted to godlike status. Hmm. They think that the only way to survive the Reapers is to work with them, to f- make that fusion a man and machine. So- <clears throat> And the Reapers are a very powerful, but but sort of ominous group. Yeah, they're th- that's where the Lovecraft stuff comes in. So imagine like all these cosmic horror deities like Cthulhu and Yarlhotep. I- I'm not a big Lovecraft guy, but those are the familiar sounding ones. Just beyond your comprehension, you're nothing to them. And so what they are going to do is they're going to invade the galaxy, darken the skies of every planet, and harvest every sentient species hmm. and then just move on 50,000 years later just do the same thing wow so the first game is you trying to convince the galaxy at large that this is happening and that you're not crazy so you're going to hunt Saren down and stop this from happening but you're too late at least one reaper sovereign who gets left behind every cycle to just say okay now's time he gets impatient and he attacks the Citadel, which is the uh, capital of the galaxy. You stop Saren just as this uh, portal is going to be opened up where the Reapers come in from outside the galaxy, because that's where they're waiting, you see, dark space. And you think that everyone gets it now. Everyone knows the threat. Mass Effect 2, nope. Not only do they not care, they deny it even happened. You've you've saved at least the beginning of the Mm -hmm. world, right? You've saved the world from the Reapers coming through the portal. Yep, and so these portals are called mass relays. And what they do is it's just point to point, think of like a highway, where instead of having to travel for thousands of years to get from one point to another, you're instantly shot. Got it, yeah, it's a time time thing, like a Tesseract. Exactly, uh, and uh, in Mass Effect 2, you're ignored and you're sent hunting Geth because the Geth are being mopped up, the problems, that problem's over with, uh, but you get ambushed. Your ship is destroyed and you are killed. You're killed? You're killed by this weird ship that looks like a beehive. So then it cuts to Martin Sheen playing the elusive man, who is the leader of this group called Cerberus, which is a human supremacist organization. And he and Cerberus are the only ones that are taking the Reaper threat seriously. But, but wait, 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 wait. So you were Shepard to begin with, right? Were, yep. In the first one. 
And now Shepard is killed? He's killed. So what's Martin Sheen so going to do? So who are you? So, so, so what, what happens to Tom? I mean, well, who do you play now? Cut two years in the future, Shepard wakes up in a Cerberus oh. space station. Oh, got it. Okay. The Lazarus Project. Mm, nice. Rise from the dead. Exactly. So Martin Sheen tells Shepard, hey, you kind of owe me now. You got to investigate these human colonies going missing. Entire populations just vanishing without a trace. So you find out there's the species called the collectors, which are a sort of a thrall species of the reapers that are harvesting these humans and bringing them to the center of the galaxy for some reason. That's where their base is. So you assemble a team. It's a suicide mission because no one has gone through this mass relay, the Omega-4 relay, and came back. Every ship going through it never returns. So you build this elite team of mercenaries and assassins, veterans of all si shapes and sizes and scientists, and you learn their stories, you gain their loyalty, and you head through the relay. Okay, okay, let, let, hold on. Let, let, let me stop just for a moment now. So this is, this is Tom who um, has found a game where he's playing by himself in his house, in his living room or bed, wherever it is. And this becomes like your world, it sounds like. Yeah, just as is people- Is that fair to say? Yeah, just as people escaped with Harry Potter or Star Wars or Star Trek or Game of Thrones, I had Mass Effect. And so 2008 was when you first got introduced. So when did, when did Mass Effect 2 come out? I believe, if I recall correctly, 2010. So, so you've been playing this game two years. I just, I'm just fascinated by this. So uh, did, you, uh, did you finish the game and then like play it again? Yes, actually. So one of the draws is that all of your choices throughout the game really affect the outcome of the story. Mm. Uh, because in Mass Effect 1, there are missions where you decide the fate of an entire species. Like there's the species called the Rachni that everyone thought was extinct, but you visit a science facility and find a Rachni queen. And you can destroy it or you can let it go. Small changes can have big effects. Big effects. Massive effects. So you're now at, um, you, you've done the portal mm -hmm. and you've gathered your team because you've got to go find this species and basically stop them from doing their nefarious intent. And exactly. you, Tom, are there. You are now this hero in this world mm -hmm. and you are, you are empowered and valuable and then you got to go to school, but then, but then you get to come back. Am yeah. I, am I missing something here? No, you got it. And okay. so you, you're at the collector base, the space station in the middle of in the midst of all these black holes and exploding stars. It's the center of the galaxy. And uh, the small changes you made really uh, have their effects here. Like, did you gain everyone's loyalty? Do they trust you? Did you make the necessary upgrades to the ship? Did you improve its shields? Did you get better armor, better engines, better guns? Mm. Because if not, prepare to lose some people. Mm. And in the uh, guts of the base, you find out that the collectors 
are actually the proteins themselves, horrifically mutated and enslaved to carry out the next wave of extinction. Mm. And in the heart of the base, when you're about to set the whole thing to blow, you find out what they've been at with all these humans. They're melting them down to their base minerals and using those minerals to build another reaper. So, so again, when you figure that out, at that moment, can you remember what that experience was like, that aha moment? It was creepy. It was scary. And it was powerful. It was, it was very powerful. Like you, you, I, you want to be in awe of how terrible something can be, can't you? Like that's what yeah. a lot of horror is. That's why people love Lovecraft. And so there you are. You, you've made this discovery. Yeah. And what happens next? Well, you have two choices. Martin Sheen, as the elusive man comes on and says, hey, instead of blowing this place up, why don't you set off this like uh, microwave charge or whatever that like will kill all the collectors inside it, but leave all the technology intact. That doesn't sit well with you because your other option, what you came there to do was destroy that base because what in God's name would Martin Sheen want this technology for? So I always blow the place up because it's more satisfying. And, and there's no nuance to it. There's no nuance to it. Like there, what is what so happened, just all the stuff that happened here do you want to recreate that so, right so i'm I, again I, I can't help myself do you think and you don't need to answer this maybe it's too personal do you think that that had to do with spectrum that there's no nuance let me just do this get it done with over pew good that that might have something to do with it because one of the annoying one of the things i i'm not so fond of myself over is i can be very black and white principled yeah like there's north and there's south yeah. uh, and that's sometimes why it can get discouraging in life because you wonder like what what is value mm. is it objective or subjective mm. you know what i mean yeah I, I didn't mean to distract you. So no, that's no, that's just a very good deep question. So there you are. So so you you have to decide with Martin Sheen whether he has some intent to save the equipment or just do what your mission is get rid of it. What did you do? Well, I blow that mofo up, and uh, that affects what Cerberus is capable of in the last installments. Mm. So. In the events between that and the beginning of Mass Effect 3, you discover that the Reapers have decided to forego the whole instant travel thing and are just on their way now. And they're going to enter the system with a mass relay, and it, but it's in Batarian space. And the Batarians and humans are not on good terms because the Batarians were a slave-keeping society. And when humanity entered the scene... They started raiding human worlds, taking slaves. Humanity came to the council, was like, hey, help us out here. Batarians persona no grata in uh, polite council space. And so the Batarians have a chip on their shoulder about that. So we can't just, you know, send up signals to the Batarians, hey, the Reapers are on their way because they wouldn't even trust us. They're like North Korea. Mm. Like that's their, that's how secluded they are. So you go on a covert mission to destroy the mass relay before the Reapers can enter the system and use it. Buy, it's, you buy the galaxy a few months. So you ram a, an asteroid into the mass relay 
But what that does is it destroys the whole solar system, killing millions of Batarians. So... That ain't gonna make friends. No. And you are thrown under the bus by the Alliance, that's uh, the human military. You're brought back to Earth to face court-martial. Wow. But just as your hearing's about to begin, there are weird signals coming from the outposts on the moon. You're in, uh, like, Toronto, like a super city of Toronto and Seattle. The Reapers are here. And no one listens. You were ignored. And they're attacking pretty much everywhere at once. Every species is on their heels. So you rally the galaxy over the course of the game. You make peace between the Geth and the Quarians. You make peace between the species called the Krogan and the species called the Turians because the Krogan were effectively sterilized by the Turians with this uh, disease called the Genophage, which causes stillbirths and like one in every thousand babies survives. It was meant to stabilize their population because once they got into space, they bred out of control. But no one, no one saw the big picture made of little pictures, what it's like to hold a stillborn in your hands. You don't group together and start stably building your population. You collapse as a society. No one counted that. So you cure the genophage and you unite the Turians and the Krogan and you unite the Geth and the Quarians. You bring the whole galaxy together, but there's a fly in the ointment, Cerberus, Martin Sheen. He's gone nuts. He's using Reaper technology to try to control the Reapers because he believes that's humanity's destiny. Drives him mad. Because the Reapers are smart. They're smarter than us. And their technology is capable of warping our minds. It's a process called indoctrination. It's so absolute that you believe that all the decisions they make for you are your own. And so Cerberus becomes basically the unwitting puppets of the Reapers trying to stop your progress as you're gathering all the engineers of the galaxy trying to build this weapon called the Crucible, which is the only chance of destroying the Reapers. You can't beat them conventionally. And the last piece of the Crucible is something called the Catalyst. And you spend the latter half of the game looking for it. This mysterious ancient force that surely it must be very poignant to discover. But it turns out the Catalyst is the Citadel itself. The Reapers learn that before you and they move the Citadel to Earth orbit. Now you had flat Earth and the Reapers have been occupying it the entire time. So you lead the fleet you gathered to Earth. It's very epic. It's the culmination of probably 120 hours of story. You land in London, where the Reapers have constructed a uh, sort of conveyor belt portal to the Citadel. The Citadel is sealed shut. And they're just transporting bodies up to the Citadel because guess what? They're starting that whole process over. But you lead a final charge to that portal. You're the only one that makes it, or are you? Because Right before you reach the controls, the elusive man is there, Martin Sheen, with Keith David as Captain Anderson. Guns to Captain Anderson's head. I should point out that he's kind of a, a big character. He was like your mentor. Okay. And you're both very badly wounded from the battle. So this is one plot twist after another after another. Some pretty impressive writing. And there's Tom, years into this, years <laughs> into this, absorbed, part of the story, just moving forward with it, wanting wanting to save the galaxy. And as you make these difficult choices throughout the entire series, you gain charisma, you gain a reputation, and that can be used to convince or to threaten. And so depending how you do, you're able to 
get the elusive man to step down. Um, but it's tragic because he's he's in too deep with the Reapers. But he can do one thing. He turns the pistol on himself. I tried, Shepard. Mm. And his final yeah. act, you know? He yeah, stands up to the Reapers. Yeah, and Terry just talking about it in years, okay? That's pretty powerful. And so you set the crucible to fire. You sit next to Anderson. You talk about how far you've come. Anderson breathes his last, says, I'm proud of you. Then you hear on your communicator, Shepard, it's not working. It's not, nothing's happening. You get up, you walk to the console. Something's wrong. A beam of light lifts you up to the base of the Citadel. You know, it's space, so directions are weird. Fine, yeah. And you're walking to the actual superstructure of the of, of the crucible that's attached to the citadel. And this ghost kid shows up uh, in a hoodie. Wait, what? Yeah. So a in the begin in the beginning of the game, you see this. You you watch a kid get onto a shuttle about to fly off, but it gets shot down by a reaper. And so you have little visions about that kid, about you know the human cost of everything going on. Uh, so maybe that's what, why the ghost kid is a kid. Uh, they don't make that clear. But he explains that he is the catalyst and that he made the Reapers and explains why he made the Reapers to destroy all life in the galaxy so that they don't... Cr- no, I'm being obtuse. What they do is they harvest all sentient spacefaring life in the galaxy every 50,000 years because there's a danger of them creating AI that will destroy them and all life in the galaxy. But I just proven them wrong. Shouldn't that mean something? Nope. You have three choices now. Only three choices. Everything you did before does not matter. You can destroy the Reapers, the red ending, because the energy fired by the, the Crucible for some reason has different colors with each choice. The red ending is you destroy the Reapers, but it also kills the Geth. And you had just made peace with the Geth. You had helped them attain full consciousness, full, full personhood. You proved the Reapers wrong. But to destroy the Reapers, you have to kill the Geth. It's not right. So what's the other options? Option two, control. The blue ending. You can control the Reapers, proving the elusive man was right all along, that you can't control this immense power. Kind of sends the wrong message. Option three, synthesis. You can jump into the energy of the crucible itself and merge all synthetic and organic life. And just the only difference, though, is that they're just green with glowing green eyes. And also, this is a pretty big violation of life itself, I would say. You don't get anyone's permission to make that massive change. Whereas I would say you have permission to destroy the Reapers. And as hard as it is, I choose destroy every time because that's... Black and white. That's black and white. But there's the theme was always that you can always overcome the odds that there's always another way there's always a better way and you were told no by the enemy you listened to the enemy that is known to indoctrinate people and warp their minds so for all you know you did exactly what the reapers wanted so what happens next you don't know because it just cuts away to the silhouettes of a man and a a kid the man voiced by buzz aldrin for some reason explains and that's how it all happened so it that's was it? that's it i thought that i did something wrong oh. i checked the internet everyone is just as pissed everyone is just as confused 
uh, and we all felt conned of our time and our investment. We don't know what happens to these characters. We have no closure. Wow, that's a, that's a difficult ending to synthesize, to tolerate, to get rid of. What would you have done? What would I have done in terms of my choice? Yeah. I think I would have probably written to the writers and said, who did you fire? Because you were doing some great writing here. They fired a man named Drew Carpation. Really? And got this guy, Mac Walters, last mm. minute. Yeah. And it showed. So so how disappointing for you. I mean, how how do you think? I mean, this was, when when was this? 2008 12. To, to 12, 2008? Yeah. So, so five, yeah. And, and, and I'll point out, it wasn't like just Mass Effect. I had slightly more going for me than that. I have no doubt, no doubt. However, this clearly was at least one moment where you felt empowered and that the spectrum stuff maybe didn't matter. Because these, these must have been difficult years as well. Oh, just, hell yeah. Right, from a social point of view, trying to navigate that world and then you're in a you know sci-fi world where you have power and influence and your choices matter and it was one of the topics of conversations that i could uh follow with other kids yeah i mean i the the, the degree of detail with which you've been able to explain this shows me how much this mattered to you the impression it made the, the I like, time I, I like lore like i like i appreciate detail so this sounds like it was a huge disappointment for you. Yeah. It made me jaded about getting invested in other stories. Yeah. Just as I imagine Game of Thrones did for so many other people. Yeah. And just getting invested in, you know, what matters? What's, what are relationships? What, what, who can you trust? Who can you trust? But I am proud that I was disappointed most in those relationships. That there was no closure in those, most of all. Yeah, yeah, which which also says a lot about you. You know, that, that you recognize that relationships are not black and white. There isn't just a this and a that. And even when a relationship seems to be over, those memories can linger for years. And when you put it like that, I remember the good stuff. Yeah, you know, and you have choice. You know, it's like the Buddhist monk with his favorite teacup. Every day he would have tea and enjoy this meditative moment. And one day he reaches for his teacup and it breaks, falls, shatters. And he thinks, at least I got to enjoy that teacup for the time that I did. That was some good tea. Yeah, yeah it was. So do you feel like you were fooled? Yeah. It felt cynical. And it, it has been a foolish moment for many people as they... It's been foolish this whole year. Like, you blink and it's already April. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's April 1st, actually. You know, it's April... You feel foolish. It's the April Fool's episode of the Dr. Joe show. And even though it's April Fool's, these small changes can have big effects and you still control no one and influence everyone. And thank you, Tom, for, for sharing this pivotal moment in your life. It really explains it really everything. It yeah. Really, and I'm glad to have been able to share it. 
And I am honored that you have, and to all our listeners, I hope you recognize how April 1st can often have a huge impact on your life. We'll see you soon.